You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Before we get going today, I have a, a request from the Outlouders. We are going to do a bit of a special video. Mm. We've got something exciting we coming do. that we're not telling you about yet. That's hashtag clickbait. And um, we need questions to we answer. We need some questions to answer because we're going to do a special video and it's an ask me anything. So yeah. what we would particularly love is if you send us, email us your questions for any of us. They can be for all of us or for just one of us at any time to outloud at mamamia.com.au and anything you've been dying to know. Mm. Any behind the scenes, goss, if you want to know whether Mia and I really hate each other, that comes up a lot. It does come up a lot. Um, I have a question. Are you going to answer that question? Jessie, can I have a key to your apartment? No. (laughs) See, that's the answer. No. Spoiler. Keep asking. Um, So we are going to record this on Friday. So we need your questions. I'll also jump into the Outlouders group and um, make a little thread so you can chuck your, your questions there. Otherwise, out loud at mamamia.com.au. Ask us anything. Mamma Mia Out Loud. It's what women are talking about three times a week. I'm Jessie Stevens. I'm Mia Friedman. I'm Holly Wainwright. And on the show today, WAP creator Cardi B has a message for anyone who thinks she's a bad influence on their kids. And what happens when a woman with a husband and children goes on domestic strike? Well, in this case, the internet becomes obsessed. But first... I just want to say to everybody across the state who is currently... Uh, living in fear and anxiety that um, all of us are thinking of you. Some communities who were battered by the bushfires are now being battered by the floods um, and deep drought prior to that. And I don't know any time in our state's history when we've had these extreme weather conditions in such quick succession in the middle of a pandemic. So they are challenging times for New South Wales, but I think we've also demonstrated our capacity to be resilient. Unprecedented. Once in 100 years. Never before seen. These are terms that Australians are becoming very, very sick of and very familiar with. Over the last 18 months, we've had unprecedented bushfires that followed an unprecedented drought. This week, large parts of the eastern states are underwater after once in 100 years rainfall. As we're recording this right now in Sydney, 3,000 people in New South Wales have been evacuated and that crisis certainly isn't over. And our rural sisters are in hand-to-hand combat with an unprecedented mouse plague. Now, you heard that right. There is a plague of mice in country Australia. Look, I know we're going to get to the floods, which is very important, but can we just have a moment to talk about the mouse plague because it's all I'm thinking about. I've completely missed this story. And there, until a friend of mine on the weekend said her mum just called to say it's raining mice oh my God. where she lives. I read a story about a woman who kept sitting in her armchair and it stank and she was like, what is that smell? So she took it apart and she found like a nest of dead mice in her armchair. We are talking people being bitten by mice. Mice. It looks like the floor is moving in some rural communities. People are in their cars and there are mice jumping out from above Why? them. She there are mice in beds. sides of their fridges. They are taking over the world. And Holly, why is it? So the reason why is because there has been a lot of rain. This is before these floods. There's been a lot of rain and so there's been a bumper hay harvest in rural Australia. Now, apologies to my rural sisters who I'm bound to flub a little bit of this. But because it's been such a bonanza, it's attracted mice and they're breeding like crazy. And not just mice, unfortunately, rats as well. So there's a a massive mouse and rat plague in the country. Now, it has happened before. This is a thing, apparently. 
apparently, and it will kind of sweep through. Parents are setting their children tasks for how many mice they can kill. You can't just poison them because obviously that poison might get into your animals if you've got farm or your crops. If mice, the serious side of this is if the mice wee in your grain or whatever, you have to throw the whole lot out because (gasps) you feed that to your cows. They're going to get salmonella. So... It's a lot. And don't the snakes come next? This, apparently mouse plague is often followed by snake plague because the snakes are very good at eating mice and keeping oh, them away. But then they get really fat and healthy and they breed a lot and so then there are lots and lots of How snakes. are the cats Haven't going? Haven't these people been through enough? Like right. these are people who have gone through droughts, bushfires, bloody <gasps> mouse plague. Can I just do a little call out? If you are living in a mouse plague, please tell us your stories because it's all we can talk about. Throw them in the Mum Mare Out Louders Facebook group. We know that there are a lot of out louders who listen to this on their tractors and such. Mouse plague stories, yeah. please. Or if you don't have time to type and you don't want to keep your eyes too far from, you know, the mice, the mice leave us a, a yes. voice memo. Send it to outloud at mamamia.com.au. Mouse stories. But we're about to talk to an outlouder about the floods, which are ravaging um, large parts of the eastern seaboard at the moment. Ricky Wallet works here at Mamma Mia and she lives in Port Macquarie. And we decided to give her a call to find out what is happening there on the mid-north coast. Hello, Ricky. Hi, how are you? Look, we're okay, but what is going on up there on the mid-north coast? Oh, guys, look, it's it's wild and woolly. Um, We've had some devastating rain over the last close to a week, but I guess it's probably been the last two, three days that it's been the worst. still raining at the moment, but it is only trickling, which is a huge relief, especially for a lot of the people living around the river catchment areas. But, yeah, look... We're a strong community, so we always bounce back from things like this. So it's now just, I think, just doing a little bit of recon and working out where everyone's at. So, Ricky, for people who might have missed the news over the weekend, what are some of the scenes coming out of Port Macquarie? Because I, I saw something on online of a house, I don't think this was in Port Macquarie, but floating away and it's unlike anything I'd ever seen. What's going on near you? Yeah, I think that house floating away was in Tari. That yes. was um, absolutely horrendous footage. Look, I think for the people who are living um, around the river areas, especially on the, what we call the north shore of Port Macquarie, um, a lot of those folks have lost vehicles, whether they've either swept down the river or they're just completely flooded out. Um, we've got a lot of friends over that side who water levels have risen into the top second halves of their homes. So... Wow. Um, yeah, and what are they doing? Are they just stuff. getting out of there, Ricky? Like, are they evacuating? And if they're evacuating, where are they going? Yeah, so Evacuation Centre in Port Macquarie is at the Port Macquarie Panthers Club. So a lot of people who were notified early enough and could find a means of getting out have done. So the people in Port Macquarie have donated a heap of stuff to Panthers to help keep all those people comfortable. Um, a lot of people, unfortunately, are still stranded within their homes over, especially on the North Shore, um, whether that was because it was a little bit too late to leave or they were kind of just getting themselves organised. But a lot of them are still within their homes because a lot of people on the top levels of their homes are still dry, thank goodness, but supplies are getting low. So thankfully, again, due to the community, there's a lot of people going backwards and forwards in tinnies and boats and the Surf Life Saving crew, they've all hopped in to help get things like food, water, um, generators, fuel, all that oh kind of God. stuff backwards and forwards to the people who need it. And Ricky, was this a community that was affected by the bushfires as well last year? Yeah. Yes. Oh. 
How yeah. do people yeah, feel surrender. about like, does it just feel relentless? Like as- apocalyptic, fires and floods? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a really good question. I think after the year that was, you know, we started off Christmas last year with fires. So, that, you know, the country and the state was literally burning. Following straight after that, we then experienced floods. So it kind of went, yeah, from, from one extreme to the next. And then, with of course, just a pandemic thrown in there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I think, unfortunately, the community in Port is used to, I guess, these kind of natural disaster circumstances. But um, honestly, the, the resilience of the people in the community is just so incredible. And everybody's so tight-knit that the minute that, you know, they, they started showing on the news and they heard amongst the community that things were kind of getting out of control... Facebook pages were set up where people could put their hand up to help out or they could put their hand up and say they needed help. It's been really, really incredible and people's actions have just been so quick. Ricky, I'm always worried in these situations. Obviously, human life is the top priority, but what about everyone's pets and livestock and animals? Are they allowed to go to panthers as well? Absolutely. Yeah, so funny you say that. I came across a thing on a Facebook page this morning where it's actually been set up to provide pet food and mm. livestock food and livestock support for a lot of the animals. As you've probably seen on the news, there has unfortunately been a bit of livestock that's washed up on beaches mm, yeah. um, and things like that. But there's also been some really beautiful um, experiences where livestock have just all of a sudden turned up in people's backyards on the river and they've just taken them into their homes and kept them dry oh. and safe. So it's been, um, it's definitely been a lot of light and a lot of shade. Um, but I think the light always wins. Honestly, it's such a beautiful community here. But yes, the, the pets are being looked after. Phew. It does. And Ricky, Port Macquarie is one of the most, you know, beautiful places in New South Wales. And it's such a reminder too that, you know, when these floods pass, these communities need us to come and um, spend our monies there. So I think there's a big push, especially with international travel not allowed. We've got to travel more and more in Australia and support these local communities that have had a horror 12 months. Absolutely, Jess, absolutely. You know, there are a lot of local businesses here that are run by local people for in excess of decades. Their businesses have run through the family, their businesses as well that have only just been started. We have a lot of lady startups in town, you know, and to show you their commitment to their business, I guess, I recently purchased some kids' clothes online from one of the local lady startups in town and unfortunately her shop has been affected by the floods and it's underwater she literally this morning drove to my house and dropped my order at my front door oh, oh my god, god. It's, you know it's little things like that where and she and i said to her you know I'm, I'm just so sorry this has happened to you if you need help cleaning up or anything you know let me know i don't know you from a bar of soap but you know mm. i've got two hands and i can walk let's you know let's clean up mm. and she said oh you know what, there's just so many more people who have been worse affected. Mm. And that's the mentality of people. It's just, it's really, really heartwarming. Oh, thank you, Ricky. I mean, that part of it's good to hear, but I really hope that all your um, people in Port Macquarie are safe and dry as they can be. And we're thinking of you all. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'll be sure everyone knows and I'll get them to tune in and they can share the love right back. Thank you so much, guys. Hello lovely ladies, it's Sophie here from about 80 kilometres inland of Port Macquarie on the banks of the Ellenborough River. You can probably hear it roaring in the background. We're beleaguered, embattled and so damn tired. 
We survived the drought, although so many of our beloved animals didn't. Months of bushfires, and now this. The river rose seven metres in four hours yesterday, bursting its banks at lunchtime, which it's never done before in recorded memory. We had a frantic hour saving animals, tractor, trailers, tiny house and more. We've lost the bridge that bisects our property and the flying fox that is our normal flood access. We won't know about the concrete bridge at the entrance to our property until the flood waters eventually recede. We've lost acres of riverbank. My yoga studio is perched on a cliff protruding over the riverbank. But we're safe and together and the roses are loving the rain. I don't know how we will recover from this. We still haven't finished rebuilding all our boundary fences after the fires. I guess we just do it one step at a time. It's not Mother Nature's fury that makes me mad. It is the inaction of our government on the very real and present danger of climate change and too many Australians' apathy in the face of it. This is going to get worse. We need government that recognises that and acts accordingly. Thanks for keeping me laughing as my world is swept away. I love the show and your friendly voices. We are marooned. We will be for months, but never lonely with you in my ears. Now, the internet lost its mind last week about the Grammy Awards, but most of the focus was on Harry Styles. We've spoken about it on the podcast. I was speaking to a lesbian friend of mine on the weekend and she said that she was very confused about her sexual orientation Mm -hmm. when she watched Harry Styles singing Watermelon Sugar, hi. And uh, But there was another performance that, that got also quite a lot of attention that we're going to speak about today because of something that's happened over the weekend. So let me explain. You might have heard we spoke last year a lot about WAP, which is... Wet, just expletive, expletive. Wet, expletive, expletive. And it starts with the chant... There's whores in this house. There's whores Which in this house. Which we had stuck in our heads for six months. We did. And apologies because now you might have that stuck in your head too. But some people were ecstatic that this song was about reclaiming female sexuality and it was in praise of the female genitals and things that they do when they're happy. They were doing a hump of the ground. They which do. looked pleasant and also... Yes. They had a lot of agency. In the film clip they did and then they both performed Cardi B and Megan The Stallion. Um, I just love her name so much. <laughs> I would like to be called Mia The Stallion. <laughs> <laughs> I like it a lot. It's going to be my rap happen. name. Let's make it happen. Um, I'm going to make it happen. And there was very predictable outcry, which there was also last year when the film clip came out, that this was a terrible thing. Why are these women doing this? It's terrible for children. Cardi B has responded over the weekend to the backlash and uh, a lot of people in the backlash after the Grammys were saying, you're a mother, you should know better. That is terrible. And she said, stop expecting celebrities to raise your kids. She says that she doesn't let her own child, who I think is like two, Mm -hmm. watch her music videos. And she said, what you choose to let your children watch or know or not watch is up to you. It's not up to me. Jessie, you have no children. No. As not a mother, 
do you have any views on this? I do have views on this. My first instinct is to look at the fact that Harry Styles sung about a watermelon sugar, which isn't about a sugary watermelon at all. What's it about? I thought it was about. I think it might about be about fruit. the about- oral sex, mm-hmm. which makes it lovelier. Which makes it even sexier. About the female yes. reciprocating, yes. being yes. in the having yes. a good time. Exactly. And then he, I believe, was showing his bare nipples on the stage. Mm. And isn't it funny that we don't expect Harry Styles to raise our children, but when two women get on stage and are a little bit sexy and have a sexy dance, then we're thinking, hang on, your role models. How are my children meant to know how to behave when you're like this on the world stage? It's a real gender double standard. And I don't find what these two women are doing to be offensive. I would find it far more offensive and problematic for a man to be on stage rapping about violence or rapping Mm -hmm. about the degradation of women. That's obviously more dangerous. Uh, But I do think that it's very easy for Cardi B to say, I don't let my two-year-old watch it. Um, I would be interested to see where she stands in 10 years when her child is 12 and probably has a device in her hand Mm. because I don't think this idea that we can control what children watch all the time is is realistic. Like there's a whole world they're having of their own. Holly, Candace Owens, who is an African-American conservative commentator, she called the WAP production, an attack on American values and American traditions. And she accused Cardi and Megan Thee Stallion of actively trying to make children aspire to things that are grotesque. She tweeted, millions of young girls follow you. At your best, you are self-deprecating and humorous. Why do women have to be self-deprecating at their best? Anyway, she said, at your worst, you are naked, shoving your vagina into another woman's vagina while thrusting atop of her. You are at your worst on the Grammy stage. Do better. Cardi B. <laughs> do better. Cardi Holly, B. should Cardi B do better? No, Cardi B couldn't be better if she tried, I don't think. Listen, I agree with Cardi here that this isn't music for children, right? There are, there's music for kids and there's music for grown-ups, just like there's movies for kids and movies for grown-ups and drinks for kids and drinks for grown-ups, right? I think that I would not be particularly delighted for my daughter to be watching WAP either on the Grammy stage or on the video, but that's not because I don't approve of it. It's just because I'm really tired. It's back to what you said before, Mary. It's like, it's a lot for me to have to talk, because my daughter is very, she's 11, and she's very much at the age where she's looking at at women in the public eye and being like, what does that mean to me? How does that relate to my world and stuff? And so she is often saying things like, why does that woman have no clothes on? Why is the camera up that woman's bum? All those things. Like She Mm. does ask me those things. Excellent questions. And let's face it, that happens a lot. But when it comes to WAP, which I love and I loved the video and I loved this performance, I just am too exhausted to have to be like, well, look, this is fine. This is fine that these women are doing this because they're in control of their agency. They're empowering themselves with their view of sexuality. They're making the money. Mm. They're making the decisions. But it wouldn't be fine if this was the only currency that these women had with which to get. Like, I just haven't got the energy for that at the moment. I'm just too tired and so I very much I didn't show this performance to Matilda and I know that she'll find it because I think that you're right Jesse it's not realistic as much as I said there's music for kids and music for grown-ups it's not really realistic that they're not gonna see it one day but I actually think that this year's Grammys more broadly and that hopefully that's reflective of the state of the music business 
gave women lots of choices of how to be a woman on that stage. And this how year. to be a man. Yeah. But there was so there was Megan and Cardi and Doja Cat and then there was, you know, Taylor Swift in her Cardi and there's Billie Eilish being dark and brilliant and, mm. you know, there's Dua Lipa being a disco queen and I actually feel like there were lots of different representations of what women can be and do and look like, which didn't always used to be so the case. True. The only time I have a real issue with musicians throwing their hands up and saying I'm not a role model what are you talking about is when they explicitly market to children and then they do that that's hypocrisy I think like artists like Katy Perry have maybe been guilty of that in the past where they go what there's whipped cream shooting out of my bosoms and you're saying that I'm a role model for children when she does market herself to tweens if you're going to do that if you market yourself to kids and you're making money from them then you are a role model. You just are. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't shoot whipped cream out of your boobs, but you do have to cop a bit of grief mm. for it or explain it or whatever. I think, but I don't think that applies to Cardi B because I think she's an adult She's always artist. been an adult. The other place that it gets complicated is when you used to be a child artist and you become an adult artist. I remember all the hand wringing over Miley Cyrus and I was part of that. I also, you know, when she was swinging around and twerking and she and was Britney naked Spears on the ball. And Britney and Christina Aguilera. Yeah, I think that those things are complicated. I understand the artists themselves want to transition from being girls to being women, but when you, you're taking your audience with you and often your audience is a lot younger than you and you're maturing a lot faster than they are. So I think it's complex, but... Yeah, Outlouders, I want to know what you think. Tell us in the Outlouders Facebook group, on our Instagram page, or anywhere else that you can find us. And the Grammy goes to... <gasps> Mama Mia There is an article going viral on Mamma Mia right now, and the headline is, I asked my husband to take on the mental load of feeding the dog. Here's how it's going. When my partner first saw this headline on the weekend, he asked me if it was satire. He assumed it was like almost a Batuta headline and Mm. I said, no, no, it's real. It was an incredible submission we received from a woman named Sky Abraham who decided to embark on a little experiment. Here's the gist. So for a few years, Sky was the primary carer to their children and called herself the Minister of Domestic Affairs. And she took on 100% of the responsibility of kids' drop-offs and social calendars and cleaning the house. Then she went back to work and something very strange happened in that she still did 100% of the work and that's not what she expected and it didn't seem fair. So she was speaking to her mother one night and she thought, maybe I'll ask my partner if he could feed the dog and that could be his job. And her mother laughed and said, no, 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 you silly, silly woman. It'll just be more work. It's just easier for you to do it. And she was like, no, it's the 21st century. So she speaks to her husband and he's like, yeah, of course I can feed the dog. Uh, For a little bit of context, the dog doesn't just have out-of-the-packet dog food. Mm -hmm. It's one of those dogs that has a little bit of veggies with rice and blah, blah, blah. So Mm -hmm. it's a little bit complicated. It involves a thermomix and five seconds of blending. Pretty quickly, he runs out of the pre-made stuff, at which point he has to make more. And he jams the thermomix lid and he is on the brink of tears saying, this is just too hard, this is too hard. (laughs) Then he runs out of one of the ingredients and he looked at her and said, I've run out. What now? (laughs) And she said, well, you'll have to go to the shop and buy some more, which was very overwhelming. And he said, oh, you want me to do that too? So because she hadn't explicitly said that. 
when he made the dog stuff, he didn't clean it up. So he would, um, you know, leave a pan with the dog food on it. And he wanted her to say, oh, my God, you're doing such a good job. Mm. But she wanted to say that pan needs to go in the dishwasher. He wanted a ticker tape parade. Oh, my God. He's mm. still waiting for it. Anyway, and so she basically just said it was a ridiculous amount of work. It's still very complicated. She has to remind him all the time. Then, as this story is going viral on Mamma Mia, there's a Twitter thread that's going viral at the same time by a woman who goes by the name of Miss Potkin. And she tried an experiment where she basically went on strike and she has visually captured this over the last week. She said her first tweet read, Two days ago, I decided to stop doing the dishes. I make all the dinners and I'm tired of having to do all the cleaning too. Since then, this pile has appeared and at some point they are going to run out of spoons and cups and plates. Who will blink first? Not me. She then watched her husband resort to using a baby spoon to make his coffee because all the others were dirty. She watched the last roll of toilet paper disappear and then she didn't change it. She filmed her husband as he discovered what it was like to scrape dried cereal off a plate. And then she said 27 seconds of trying to scrape that bowl. Now multiply that by six and then multiply that by seven days a week. Then subtract the number of fucks I have left to give. (laughs) She wrote, we keep our homes tidy because love. We cook food and set tables and fill the air with scents of roses and fresh laundry because love. Love is patient, but love is also fucking tired because she works 14 hour days. Then over the weekend, it happened. The family banded together. And they cleaned the house. Did they? And she is so stoked she could cry. Holly, your life's purpose is to share the domestic load. What do you think of these approaches? Uh, I will, uh, um, so <laughs> it presses all my buttons, this stuff. It like, presses all my buttons. I'm all fired up. This is my life, just for a start, Like, which is why my house is kind of a mess, but I've accepted it because I don't want to be victim blamey about this. But why are these women doing all this stuff for the men in their life anyway? Like, why love. Why are they doing that? I don't understand it. You know why? Because they want their house to be in order and if they don't do it, then they suffer because they don't have a clean plate and they don't have a clean towel and the floor is sticky. But you, it's and too also, late. Ten years in, when you've got two kids and a dog running around, it's too late. You can't, like, change ingrained behaviour is very difficult. You've got to start that stuff all the way back at the beginning. Well, don't you think, though, we internalise that somehow that's our responsibility to do that? Like women, if they um, can afford to hire a cleaner, they often talk about feeling very guilty yeah. and they'll, like, confess because somehow we've internalised that that is our job as women. If we saw clean. our mums do it and and men in our lives often saw their fathers not do anything. So it's this mirroring behaviour and I think there are a lot of women in that position where they do want to change it 10 years in and it feels nearly impossible. There are shed loads of women of doing this because often what happens is exactly what happened to Sky, which is that maybe early on in a relationship everything is even and then you have children if you have children and because you're home you start doing the stuff but then when you're not home anymore suddenly the stuff's still on your plate. And this, mm. these sisters here are taking the only viable cause of action. Just stop doing it. That's the key to it. There's no other way to make it work is you just point out to them because they can't see what they don't do, right? But there is another lesson hidden in this, and this is a bit controversial. I think that women, not all women, but some women, are making this much more difficult than it needs to be because, and I'm not blaming Sky because there's a reflection of what Sky does in my life too. Why? 
is the dog food, rice and vegetables <laughs> cooked in the Thermomix for a certain amount of hours and then blended at a certain temperature and fed to the dog. Remember when dog food, you just opened a can and you threw Holly, the can in the it's food? it's because it gives the, the dog a shiny coat. I get that right. And I'm laughing about this, but I do actually also feed our dog brown <laughs> rice and chicken. So we're always cooking bloody brown. But my point being is that if the dog food was just open a can and throw it in the bowl... This would be a much simpler situation. That's what I do, but I have to remember to order the dog's Prozac and go and get it from the vet (laughs) and then I pop the Prozac in the canned food. So So I also have steps. (laughs) So our insanity around our dogs is one part of this, but the story hidden in that is that I do know a lot of women, and I know this is an unsisterly thing to say, but the reason that all the domestic load still sits with them is because they want it done in a very specific, certain way that they have decided it needs to be done. And if it can't be done that way, then it upsets them too much and they end up doing it anyway. Now, there's a word for that and it's martyr, right? If you are prepared to do everything just so it's done your way, then you can't really whinge about it, right? Mm. I have learnt, and I'm not pretending that I've got it all sorted out because I certainly haven't. You should see the state of my house. But that just because your partner cleans the bathroom in a way that isn't quite how you would clean the bathroom, if you want those hours back in your life, you've got to live with it. Lower your standards, lower the bar, make deals around what's really important to you. So if the bathroom is your, you know, I will die on that hill if the grout and the tiles isn't all sparkly Mm. white all the time, then that's your job. But give him something else to do. Like the idea... That in 2021, there are still so many women, and I know that there are because I know them, but also they're writing these amazing blogs, who are still doing everything for their husbands or partners or or loved ones, even though they have full-time jobs and children and dogs, like blows my mind. They need to, women need to just go on strike, collective strike. that dog die? (laughs) The dog, as far as we know, is still alive Mm. and kicking. And it seems like both parties don't want the dog to suffer. Um, as a yes. result of yeah. the ineptitude of the um, man. Um, but look, it's it's still a very complicated process, clearly. This is why I had to learn to live with the fact that when I de- delegated, say, kids' birthday parties to Brent, because I was like, I haven't got time, you do it, that the kids' birthday party invitations were all photocopied on his work letterhead. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and there would be women in the world who couldn't live with that because the photo... Because I could live with that. the invitations would need to be like choo-choo trains at this exact thing and blah, blah. I was just like, look, that doesn't <laughs> thrill me and it's kind of embarrassing for everyone, but it does It'll the job. It'll do, Like yes. the people will find out about the birthday party. Recommendations time. Jessie Stevens, I believe you have something for us today. Yes, look, I did mention Yoga with Adrian during lockdown, but I have rediscovered something that she does called the 30-day challenge. It's like six years old, completely free, and you go on to Yoga with Adrian on YouTube. And the reason I decided to do this was because you know how we're talking about our Brocken brains um, oh, yeah. the other week? That I can't remember anything. No, you probably don't remember I'd that, that conversation. Yes. So brain's not working. Everyone keeps saying meditation, but I don't have time for that. Mm. I do, but I don't do it and I should. Anyway, I have been like, I'm a bit sore, a bit tired. I want to do some gentle exercise and yoga seems like a really good idea. So I've started doing this yoga challenge, which is... Why are you sore? I'm sore from because I've been doing Pilates for so long. You can get like a, you know, sore wrists and sore joints and it's quite intense with strength stuff and mm. I want more stretching and more relaxation. I'm doing both, but with yoga I think that stretching is always good if you've got a sore back and that kind of thing. Anyway, so I started it uh, three or four days ago 
It is 30 minutes. It is gentle but tough. Like you do feel like you're exercising and get a little bit of a sweat. But it is honestly like meditation. What it does for my brain, my mood for the rest of the day is so improved. So you do it in the morning? Yes, I've been doing it in the morning. Where do you do it in your house? I The other day I did it. Claire was in my house doing a recap and I was over sort of five metres from her with my headphones in doing it. Anywhere. Dog loves it. Dog comes, joins. Loves so do you need yoga. to have the video on? Yeah. So I have the video on either my laptop or my phone. I get my mat out, but you don't even really need a mat. And just do it wherever. And I can even do it. Sometimes it gets to eight o'clock and I'm like, I haven't exercised today, but I'd love to do something just small so that I don't feel, mm. you know, feel to, a little bit better. Just to move your body. And it's a great thing to even do at night just to relax and calm down. It quietens my mind. Mm. I am just loving it. And it gets incrementally more difficult with everyone. Uh, and you learn the basics and it's just really, really good for you. So if you feel like you want a bit of a challenge, it's a 30-day yoga challenge. It starts off, there is no one that will find that first one too hard. Great introduction. So I should do it. Because yes. remember when I got into yoga and I recommended yoga it. to Outlouders as if I had discovered it? Yes. <laughs> you and Gwyneth. And then I kind of have fallen off the yoga wagon, but I need to get back on it. It's so good. It's called Yoga with Adrian. Her name is spelled A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E. And she has a 30-day challenge. Go and check it out. It's brilliant. That is all we have time for on this episode of Mamma Mia Out Loud. Happy Monday to you all. Stay dry, stay safe, and thank you for listening. This episode was produced by Emma Gillespie. The executive producer of Mamma Mia Out Loud is Eliza Ratliff, and we'll see you on that Mamma Mia app. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.